You're listening to the Straight Up SEO podcast by Susa Digital. I'll be your host, Chetan Bat. Hi everyone, today I'm talking to Finn Formeyer, who's founder at Project 33, which is a founder branding company, uh, largely working with B2B, um, but not exclusively. Uh, in fact, they've had some really, really cool clients Sequoia-backed clients and 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 kind of billion billion dollar investment in in some of these companies, um, and he himself has grown a following on his on LinkedIn of twenty thousand plus followers. So um, oh, it's going to be a great conversation, I think, today talking to him about um, personal branding for founders on LinkedIn and uh, implementable strategies in various platforms, including his thoughts on TikTok, YouTube, and and, and 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 so on so hi 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 finn thank you for having me <laughs> no it's a pleasure it's a pleasure i mean in fact we we, we got connected via linkedin through your mm-hmm. personal founder brand branding so so mm-hmm. i know that it works <laughs> <laughs> yeah producing some really cool videos i'm not sure if there's anything else that you'd like to like add to your introduction or um if you'd just like to kick off talking about your thoughts on positioning and founder branding how long yeah, no, I'm happy to kick off. All right, nice one. So, you, so I think for um, many founders, especially for B two B, maybe I'm being presumptuous by saying many, but that, that's that's the feeling I get interacting um, with founders that that putting themselves out there in this social context, not just mm-hmm. a professional CV context, is something mm-hmm. daunting and something that almost they're worried will erode their brand reputation to do it wrong. So they, they avoid mm-hmm. it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts on, on that? Is that your experience too, generally? It's, it's the older ones, I would say, you know, okay. the, the ones who are in their twenties and their thirties, first time founders, it kind of comes natural to them. Okay. I think it's just a mindset thing. Like if, if I think about most founders when they're in their forties or fifties, they have no problem going to networking events. Right. And like, that's what it is, right? You're going out there, you're meeting people, you're shaking hands, you're introducing yourself, you're talking to people, getting to know them, exchanging info, you know, like all of that. Like, that's, that's the same thing. It's just now we don't do it in a room in your local, I don't know, Mm -hmm. networking spot or in a bar. We just do it on LinkedIn. But it's the same activity It's you putting yourself out there, you know, introducing yourself you know, sharing your own kind of insights and learnings and then getting to know other people and, you know, getting to learn from them and what they do and what they're up to. And then same idea, right? You see whether there's some synergies and, you know, maybe they could use your services. Maybe you could use their services. Maybe they're a potential partner, employee, investor, but it's just networking. It's just how networking is being done in the, you know, in, in 2022, 2023. Yeah, man. I mean, I so many... So many questions actually for you on the back of that. And, but like, for example, networking on LinkedIn, is it something I'm just trying to think like, I think some founders find it um, time consuming or they think right. that it's going to be time consuming and they right. think it's not going to be effective. So there's two kind of passes. Like one is the time consumption. The other side is the how effective is it? Because when you're standing in front of somebody, you can show yeah. up your personality, you can shake yeah. their hand physically. Yeah. Whereas putting out a post on LinkedIn feels a bit disconnected. I think especially for people who are doing it 
Right. Even, even younger people, I think, who, who are used to social media still maybe find it like um, like a gray zone. Like, how, how do you right. really connect with people? And right. I think you know that because, uh, like, um, uh, you reached out to me in a really... Yeah. In a, in a really um, friendly way, and and when we built an immediate connection, so right, so, so yeah, you answer that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's uh, because I think putting out a post is only one part of it, mm. right? Like writing a little thing and then publishing it on LinkedIn—that's not networking. Mm-hmm. It's publishing content. Mm-hmm. Networking is all the other things you do around it to really build relationships. Mm-hmm. Right, like when people think, oh, it's a waste of time for me to spend time on LinkedIn. It's like, have you really thought about this? Mm-hmm. Like LinkedIn is basically a 24-7 networking event with professional business people, founders and operators and owners and CEOs and CFOs and COOs and like high level people. Yeah. And you can get to know them and meet them and connect with them. Right. Like if you would tell someone like you can go to a networking event where there will be 20 people and these 20 people all happen to work in the industry that is relevant to them. Will you go there and spend two hours with them? People are like, yes, of course, 20 people. Oh, my God. And they all are kind of in the right industry and the people Mm -hmm. that we're trying to like build relationships with. They're going to drive an hour just to get Mm -hmm. there, spend those 10 hours and then another hour back. Right. Money as well. Yeah. You can find all of these people on LinkedIn, whoever you're selling to, HR people, COOs, CFOs, healthcare professionals, mm-hmm. you know, whoever these, like they're on LinkedIn right now and wow. you can build relationships with them and not just for two hours, you know, every two weeks and you have to drive an hour there and back just to do it and mm-hmm. you're limited by 20 people. Like there's thousands of these people. You can do it all day, every day, unlimited mm-hmm. amount of time. But I think people just forget that they need to treat it like people. You know, mm-hmm. like like they. I, right. I made this analogy the other day. It's like putting out a little post on LinkedIn and then that's the only thing you do. It's like showing up to a networking event, walking up in front of the stage, holding like a th- little three-minute keynote <laughs> and then leaving. <laughs> right you literally roll up like you you yeah. you're like hey i got something to say you talk for three minutes of whatever you want to talk about you know some lesson you had and then you leave okay. it's like might that help your business yeah maybe you know yeah. depending on how great you know that little three minutes three minute speech are and how relevant yeah. the people are and they might remember you and go to your website and reach out to you but what would be much more powerful is to show mm-hmm. up to the event mingle get to meet people shake hands Mm. you know talk with them say Mm -hmm. hey what do you do hey here's what i do you know buy someone a drink you know and then do your little three minute keynote or whatever and then still stay another hour and still further talk and answer people's questions and dig into the into the topic and blah 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 right that's how you really build relationships and i think you know that's what i did with you right like i put out these this content and this video Mm. but then you know, like I look at the people who actually engaged with that content and and I treat them like a person. Mm. It's like, here's Chetan or Chetan. Mm. I don't actually know how to pronounce your name. That's how, how little we met so far. <laughs> but we, oh, um, so. But it, then I sent yeah. you a message, right? And then I said, yeah. hey, 
thanks for the engagement by the way what are you guys are doing what are you guys doing what are you built working on and then you replied and then i replied back and then we had a little exchange and then yeah. we said hey let's hop on another call right so the goal is yeah. not to keep everything on linkedin it can start on linkedin and then turn into a zoom call or a personal meeting or grabbing a coffee or this or that or whatever I think, I mean, I, if I remember correctly, your, your first message to me was like, thanks for um, liking my post. I see we're in the same industry. Yeah. And yeah. it was like, I mean, the thank you bit is just nice. But then it was like, I see we're in the same industry. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. This this person isn't randomly messaging me. And yeah. um, and then I checked, then I checked your profile out a bit more and then decided, okay, yeah, it'd be quite nice to start a conversation because we're always starting totally. conversations with people um and then and then and then led to a meeting and it's led to this podcast and yeah. hopefully some some new business <laughs> yeah. um, and but but so i think i think it's really interesting and um valuable that you point out quite clearly this mindset shift like this is a social platform but it's not instagram it's it's yeah. it's it's a it's a it's like going to a networking event that we do as business people but 24 7 and in the and, and it kind of runs by the same rules you don't just want to write a post and have a few likes you want to actually yeah. build relationships network get to know people so i want to dig into that a bit more because i think there must be a right way to do it a wrong way to do it and mm -hmm. an effective way to do it and an ineffective way to do it right mm -hmm. um so so what what is the um what is like maybe a few steps that somebody listening could follow and think like okay this is a good framework for the right way to do it um, or right. at least that's a good question might be too right. broad <laughs> um so i'll focus on b2b yeah um so if you're a b2b company selling to senior decision makers cfos mm -hmm. ceos whatever and you're selling like a service or product that's complex and high priced right it's not a seven dollar little mm -hmm. tool that you're selling, but, you know, expensive stuff. Um, I think the first mindset shift, and I think that's why a lot of people hesitate with it, is because they have this Instagram mindset. So when someone says, start creating content, they think that they're now supposed to like post pictures of their lunch and, you know, of their kids and like share yeah. all these like personal random stuff where they're like, what's the point of that? And no, that's not what you're supposed to do. Mm. Uh, you can, but you don't have to, right? And so... The way that I think about, first, you need a business, right? You need to have a product and offer that people actually want, right? You need to be mm -hmm. selling something, right? Let's say you have that, you have a business, you have a service or product that you're trying to sell. Mm -hmm. Then you need to know who you're selling it to, right? You probably already have that customer profile, CFOs working at healthcare companies that are larger than this, work in the US based in blah, 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 right? These are your customers, great. Yeah. Now it can be a little bit more strategic about, for example, reaching out to people because there's things like Sales Navigator that allows you to find these exact companies and these exact people within these companies. And you can strategically reach out and connect with these people to build your network like intentionally. Mm -hmm. So you're not connecting with like random students from India, but you're connecting mm -hmm. with people who you know might potentially buy from you at some point. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think the next step is just... Mm -hmm. If you're going to be creating content, I think you need to have something to say, right? You need to have some insights, some knowledge, some expertise, some perspective that you can share. 
um, if you've been in business for a couple of years and you're the owner, you're the founder, you're the CEO, you probably have stuff to talk about, right? You don't get to that position of running a 20 people, 30 people company without mm -hmm. knowing a thing or two, right? And so now it's about communicating that knowledge and that expertise and these insights into the marketplace, mm -hmm. right? With the goal of building relationships, explaining to people what you, what you do, um, building trust and credibility in the market, um, you know, to, to, to make it easier for people to understand what you do and why it matters, all of these things, mm -hmm. right? So let's say you have that in place. You are an expert in your field. We break down content into four categories when we work with a customer, problem and solution, mm -hmm. subject matter expertise, mm -hmm. company, and personal. Those are four different categories. Problem and solution are kind of like, we call it in-market content or inside of funnel content. This content is addressed towards people who are currently right now in market looking to buy the exact thing that you're selling. Whether it's right. SEO services that you're selling, whether it's marketing services, whether it's software products that do this specific things, data, whatever it is. What things do these people need to know about you and your offer and your service and your features so that they can more easily evaluate you and buy from you? Right. Okay. How your offer works, what is the process, how your onboarding works, who you've worked with before, what results they can expect, what are the benefits, what are the features of your tool, right? Mm -hmm. All of these things that basically you usually communicate on sales calls. Mm -hmm. right. What are all these questions that people usually have before they're comfortable buying from you? Hey, can you explain your pricing? Hey, you know, how does this work? Hey, why do you guys do this? Hey, can we take this out? Hey, this is all of these things, write them down. That's your inside of funnel content. Mm -hmm. This is to differentiate you from your competitors, and it's to educate the market on how your solution actually works, how your pricing works, so that they can that so that they can educate themselves about you without having to talk to a salesperson. There's no more transparency. They can validate that you guys actually have a proper offer, all of these things. Then the second category, subject matter expertise. This is really kind of advice. Okay. Right? This is know-how, insights, strategies, tips, tricks, how-tos, tutorials, right? It's really about adding value here. Don't talk about your offer. Don't talk about your service. Don't talk about how great you are and why you're better than this competitor and why you're the cheapest one out there. That's the first category. Now it's really about how can I add as much value to our general audience, the people that we're selling to. And for that, you just really need to understand, like, what do they actually care about? What problems do they have? What pain points do they have? What inefficiencies are in their day-to-day? -day? What questions do they want to know about? Um, the easiest way to get there is just to ask people, right? Like, and then to collect, right? Like the questions that you might send me on LinkedIn saying like, hey, Finn, like, right. by the way, we're setting up our podcast. What do you think about that? Mm -hmm. Boom. That's the thing that I'm then going to create content around because I know that that this is something that a person actually cares about. Right? Yeah. So this is subject matter expertise. This is the goal of this content is to demonstrate to people that you're an expert, that you mm -hmm. actually know what you're doing, right? Yeah. That you, because that's what they're going to hire you for, right? Like that you yeah. actually understand SEO or digital marketing or data optimization or machine learning or whatever the thing is. Then the third category is company. That's just anything around kind of the company in general, right? The team that you're building, the vision, the mission, the culture that you're building, new people that you hire, new offices that you opened up, 
offsides parties, you know, little thank yous. Hey, we just raised a new funding round, right? This is kind of like the type of content that companies put on their about page. Like, yeah, here's okay. the team. Here's what we do. Here's who we are. Here's our values core. This is really for people to one, stay in the loop of what you guys are doing. Mm -hmm. um, you can share some insights, some lessons around growing the company around, you know, but it's also just to, to get the vibe of who you're going to be working with, right? Like in a B2B yeah. environment, people want to know who these people are that they're going to be working with, right? They want to sure. get to know the team and what they care about and how they tick and all of these things. So this is company. And then the last one is personal. This is what it sounds like personal content to you, the person who's creating this content. So you, the founder and CEO, just the, the point of this is to like add some flavor to it, to make you a real person instead of a robot, to make you relatable, right? Like when we have a sales call with people during the first five minutes, what do we do? We do small talk, right? We don't jump into the value proposition and pricing and features. We first say, hey, yeah. like, where do you live? You know, how's the weather there? What do you do? Oh, I see this picture behind you. What's that? Is that your kids? How old are they, right? Like you get yeah. some some flavor of the person, yeah. right? Same at networking events, right? You first introduce yourself, right. like, hey, I'm Finn, 26, I live in Berlin, I'm married, you know, I have a kid on the way, blah, 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 blah. And then you can connect over that. You can say, oh, I have a kid too, you know, because mm -hmm. that's how we actually evaluate, evaluate whether other people are trustworthy. Right. And so like, you need to add some extent right. of this content most B2B, that's where they go wrong. They completely skip over this because they're like, this no one cares about, no one, you know, but they do. And you know they do. And you know that you do because yeah. you ask about these things when you get to know people. That's the thing, right? right? Yeah. Um, so you could talk about your favorite books, about where you live, about lessons you've learned about life, about, and so in terms of percentage breakdown, we yeah. have a standard kind of way. So yeah. problem and solution, the first one that I talked about, 25%. Then subject matter expertise, where you share insights and knowledge and tutorials, 50%. Mm -hmm. And then the remaining 25% is split between company and personal content. Makes sense. And this is a little bit different for each person, right? Like some people talk about their personal stuff way more. You know, maybe it's 30% of their content. Maybe it's 50% of their content in every second post about where they just traveled to and this new wine that they're trying out and the cooking lesson that took and all this thing, right? It needs to fit to you. I think what's really important is that there's a mix of all of these because mm -hmm. they all play a role in how we evaluate people and how we build trust with people and how relationships come to be. Yeah. So maybe it's not 12 and a half percent for the personal for you. Maybe it's 5%, maybe it's 20%. Figure out your own balance, but have some portion of all of these. And I think uh, that already really helps to think about how you structure your your content. You know, I mean, thank you um, for, for that deal breakdown. I, I think it's, again, I, it's the shift in um, thinking that I, I think is powerful there because it's like a lot of, how, how do you, it's, it's, it's the, the focus is how do people evaluate you? How do people evaluate your company? How do you develop trust and relationships? That is the point of posting content especially with this breakdown and then it makes sense rather than just i'm trying to go viral i'm trying yeah. to yeah, yeah, get yeah. my post to just explode through linkedin um which is yeah. is i think the um 
initial idea i think and and, and that puts, right. a, puts a lot of people off so i think that's 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 really excellent praise is going to be very helpful um so when it comes and to this i'll just yeah. add one point here because yeah. I, I think this really helps putting this into perspective when you have like reluctant leaders you know reluctant ceo reluctant founder mm -hmm. and they want to go viral if you would tell them hey you got invited to speak at a conference mm -hmm. on a stage mm -hmm. for 20 minutes mm -hmm. in front of 200 people mm -hmm. They're going to be excited about that. Yeah. They're not going to be like, oh, that's a waste of time. Only 200 people. How do I know this will do anything for my business? Whether they will buy from us? How will I even track that? They're, they're stoked about that. Yeah. And they know that it helps, right? Like if you're speaking at a conference that, that's relevant to kind of the industry that you're in, it's exciting. And then people post a video on LinkedIn and they get 200 views on that video. They are, oh, this is not working. We didn't go viral. We should stop doing this. When in reality, like there's not so much of a difference. The only thing is your idea that there's more, you know, pomp uh, mm. attached to like speaking on a stage, you know, at a conference, but it's 200 business professionals listening to what you have to say for a couple yeah. minutes except like you can do this five times a week on LinkedIn where the keynote, what you're going to do once a year or something like that. Right. And in terms of attention, there's no guarantee. I don't think there's going to be much of a difference because people can be at a keynote and be preoccupied. It's even more scalable. I mean, I've, yeah. you know, like a big keynote is like a thousand people. Yeah. Right. That's a big keynote. That's a <laughs> small video on LinkedIn, right? Like I've gotten videos that got 10,000 views. It's That's like, true. imagine me speaking in a room of 10,000 people. That would be the achievement of my lifetime, right? But like on LinkedIn, that's like achievable, right? Like yeah, that's, regularly uh, achievable as well. Yeah. Fascinating. So when it comes to, so I think I think um, this is a good point to start talking about automations because it's, it's something that's definitely on, like it's, it's, it's the big buzzword of LinkedIn right now. So it's, it's, we spoke about scalable. Right. Everyone loves digital, scalable automation, right. you know, and, um, and, and as you explained, this is about building trust, about putting forward your metrics that people can evaluate, you know, and, and, and building relationships. So where do you feel, are there any good automations for this LinkedIn? or is it misguided, the idea of automating LinkedIn? I think it can work. I think that I think people just need to have common sense about that. Like okay. people think automation is this magical thing that somehow you just connect this one thing, press a button, and then suddenly there's like business coming your way. And it just doesn't work that way, you know? Like yeah. there's just a lot of things to figure out. And, you know, you need to have a good product or service. You need to know exactly who you're selling to. You need to have an interesting perspective or insights or expertise that people can actually validate that you know what right. you're talking about. And then you can augment that with some automations, right? Like, for example, what we do for ourselves and for customers mm -hmm. is when you get LinkedIn Premium, you get Sales Navigator, you pay 80 bucks for it and allows you to filter LinkedIn based on criteria like job titles, companies that, that they work at, company size, how much revenue the company does. So you can, you can set up a clear customer profile, right? And we know yeah. that we mostly sell to founders and CEOs of B2B companies in the software space. And I can just find these exact people. 
I can just mm -hmm. say, give me founder CEOs of software companies who are based in San Francisco, Berlin, New York, London, or Zurich, these five cities. Perfect. Now I get a list of like a thousand people um, who I know could potentially buy from us. And then yeah. we, use a, we use an automation to connect with these people, to just send them like a very easy connection request saying, hey, you know, basically it's having like a little little question that gauges whether someone is currently in market, whether they're currently looking for our solution. Okay. You can say it's a pitch, but it's not a pitch. It's really just a question. Um, and well, then the point of that is yeah. that some of them, most of them will ignore the message. That's fine. That's Actually, that's not most of them. That's like maybe 30 to 40% will ignore the message. Oh, maybe they're not active on LinkedIn anymore. Um, 60 to 70% of people will accept the connection request. Like, wow. okay, here's another founder, 20,000 followers. He seems legit, cool, connected. Okay, great. Now I'm connected with them. Now they automatically follow my content. So when I now post videos and content, talking about these exact things we talked about, Hmm. these things will start showing up on their feed. Hmm. And then it's a matter of like, how good is the content that I'm creating? Like, is it resonating with them? Is it actually addressing their pain points and problems? Am I saying things that are relevant to them? All of these hmm. things. But I'm slowly building trust and credibility and familiarity with people in a natural way. And then out of the 60 to 70% of people who accepted my connection request, one to 2% of them are actually right now in market looking for a solution like ours. And they will reply to that message and they will say, yeah, sounds actually interesting. How about we set up a call, right? And that way I'm doing a bunch of things. One, yeah. I'm engaging the people who are currently in buying mode for the thing that we're selling into a sales conversation without right. being pitchy or salesy because mm -hmm. it was initiated by them in a sense because I was just asking a question. Um, the people who are not in buying mode, they don't feel spam. They don't feel, you know, because I'm just sending a connection request with one message. I don't do follow-up. Yeah. I don't right. send them like a four sequence with like here, 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 here. It's just one, okay. right? So if they don't engage, I leave them alone. But now okay. because they start seeing my content, the content does the work, right? Okay. Of, of building trust and rapport with them. Right. Um, and right. then the people who are just, you know, they look at it and they're like, I don't know this guy, not interesting, not relevant. Again, it doesn't create damage to my reputation because I didn't spam them. I didn't scrape their contact from somewhere, you know, yeah, blasting right. them with, you know, tons of promotional emails. I just did one connection request and that's it. So I think this is a great way how you can use automation to augment right. your activity. But yeah. you need to think about is this activity worthwhile doing manually? Like if there was no automation right now who would allow me to do this, I would yeah. do it manually. Why? Because I think it makes sense and it has great return. Right. But because I decided it's a worthwhile activity and there's a way to automate it, I'm going to automate it. But if the activity already doesn't make sense manually, just yeah. blasting people... Is probably just gonna, you know, ruin your reputation and uh, and uh, and, yeah. and not turn into anything. I mean, I, th I think that's also another fantastic way of like um, putting putting a marker on this, a category distinction on this. It's like 
is this behavior something you would do manually, like something exactly. that you find useful? Exactly. And if the answer to that is no, then please don't scale it. <laughs> That's going to just scale the nightmare. Um, exactly. But if it is something, we had a we had a customer well. once, uh, Frank Grillo, CMO at like Hard Hangs, super fun guy, super insightful. Yeah. He did this video like a long time ago. I still remember it. He basically said, uh, like the number one cost item for CMOs uh, was technology. Mm. Like, and he said, uh, that makes no sense. Like, because what you really need to focus on is understanding your customers and marketing fundamentals. Because if you had bad underperforming marketing and you apply technology to it, you just have more faster, bad underperforming marketing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, you just you just scale the disaster. Um, yeah. You have a you have a fixed yeah, problem exactly. at all. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's something that that I think I, I definitely agree with too. Um, um, so I'm curious though that first message that you sent, that question that you sent, mm -hmm. um, is there is there some kind of idea that you had around that like? That, yep. that, what would be a good question to send? What would be a bad question? So the 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 concept is called poking the bear. Um, okay. Josh Brown, I don't know if he came up with it, but I learned through it from him. Okay. And the the it's it's called an illuminating question. So basically, you're trying to ask a question mm. that illuminates whether they're currently dealing with the problem. Right. And so the question, the literal question that we ask people, that I ask people is, uh, hey, Philip, what if you could churn out eight LinkedIn videos every month for your personal brand to solve your marketing while only spending one to two hours per week on it? Mm -hmm. Question mark. That's it. Okay. Right. It's kind of like a pitch, but it's not a pitch, right? A pitch would be, hey, Philip, I will help you put out eight LinkedIn videos every month and you will only spend one to two hours per week on it and it will help scale your business and do this. And when should we schedule a call? That's <laughs> invasive, right? Yeah, right. Because now if I'm like, I don't want eight LinkedIn videos, what's the point of that? Right? I feel like, yeah, but if it's a question, it's like, what if? It's like, yeah, no, thank you. Not relevant. So- that's a way to pitch without pitching, right? It's a way well, to yeah. gauge whether someone is currently trying to mm. look for a solution that you offer without like a, like pushing yourself Coming onto in their them. Face. Yeah. yeah. And it's a way and of, then, yeah. And then, and then it works, right? Like the people who don't reply, they don't reply and that's it. I don't follow up. But the people who are actually currently looking for something like that or where it resonates, whether it's the LinkedIn videos or the one to two hours per week or the uh, or the personal brand, something in it resonates. They're like, oh, great timing. Checked out your website. Mm -hmm. Would you be open for a call next week? Like then they mm -hmm. propose the meeting. I don't propose the meeting. I just say, what if? Yeah. Right. So it's, it feels to them almost like they initiated it. Yeah, I mean, and and I always find it interesting in marketing when you say it feels to them. I mean, in actual fact, they did 
<laughs> they did initiate it. They, yeah. they, I mean, you just put out there what you do in this. I just planted format. a little thought in their head. Yeah. And then they decided that actually, I, I want to know more about this. And, 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 and then it continued. And that's, and that's, yeah, good, good behavior on LinkedIn. And I mean, a thought just occurred to me that if, if we were to use automations for, for this kind of a thing, probably one of the coolest things you could do, the most useful thing you could do is to have different sequences of questions, not sequences, but different questions right. for those requests. And right. then you could see which ones are doing better. Totally. And, yeah. and then you can start to refine it. That could be totally. a way to use technology as well to get more kind of precise with your messaging. Um, but I agree that um, the, the common advice is set up sequences, which then go to like somebody's post and saying, oh, go, yeah. you know, all yeah. of that, that, that large sequence that these automations can do is, is not. And the efficacy has yeah. gone down. Like, I think, yeah. you know, like, I think two years ago, you were able to send out 700 connection requests per week, mm. 100 per day. So that's like 3,000 connection requests that you're sending out per month, basically, right? Yeah. If like, like, 30% of people accept it, which was low at the time. Like you could, if you had like founder CEO in your title, you weren't like an account executive or something like that. Yeah. Like you could get 60, 70% acceptance rate, right? That's fast growth. And then if you can pitch in all of these, like that's just a lot of volume you can do right now. You can send out a hundred per week, mm. um, yeah. which is seven times less already. Right. So that's number one. You can just, spam 700 times less people uh, with the maximum. And then the second thing is because more people are doing it now than two years ago, because there's all these LinkedIn lead gen agencies Such and all of that. It's just reply rates dropped, right? Because if you're a, if you're a CEO, if you're an owner of a company, mm. you used to get like two of these a week because it was still new and people were applying it. Now you get like 20 of these a week and it's just like, I'm not going to reply to all of these people, right? Yeah. So you always just have to, figure out like, you know, and I think right now, like if you want to hit scale, I think something like organic and then combining it with something like LinkedIn ads, it's just a way better approach at this time because the bulk that you were able to do maybe two or three years ago, is just not there anymore. Right. And so the strategy is just, it was already bad back then, I think, yeah. depending on how you applied it, but now it's just ineffective. Yeah, because you don't even have the volume to compensate for the um, for the yeah. for the lack of um, emphasis on the key things that you're trying to do on LinkedIn, which is present who you are, what your company does, build that trust, put those data points out in totally. front of people. You're not doing that anyway, and I kind of LinkedIn's been successful. Then it's, it's pushed people onto creating more organic content and and using their ads. <laughs> um, so, totally. Well done, LinkedIn. <laughs> but um, very cool. So I think on that front, we have a lot of good ideas for uh, founders literally just start to do to get going and even to frame yeah. it. They, they, yeah. we, we, we've given a framework. Um, well, you've given a framework. And what about other platforms and other kinds of media outside of LinkedIn? Um, for example, TikTok, which is something right. that is more social, that is more seen as Gen Z. Um, right. Is that something useful for B2B companies, serious B2B companies as well? Um, 
I think it's getting there. Okay. So I think like right now, if, if you're a B2B company, the number one place you need to be is LinkedIn by far. No questions mm -hmm. asked. Like if you have limited resources, you can only do one platform, it's LinkedIn. Right. Now, if you have some resources, if you've already found success on LinkedIn and now you want to scale into, into other channels, um, let me turn off this call. Um, I think TikTok is interesting because it's maturing and I think it, it has reached the point where there's actual older people on there. Mm -hmm. You know, like people still think TikTok is just 16 years old um, and it's yeah. not. You know, we started posting content on, on TikTok uh, actually recently, like two weeks ago. Mm. And so far, we haven't gotten, you know, a lot of growth, you know, 50, 60 views per video. Um, the organic nice. reach is going down. Um, but if you look like at a company like Refine Labs and what they're doing, they're in the B2B space. Um, they're actually getting good engagement on their TikTok content. And then if you click on the TikToks and you actually go into the comments, you can immediately see from the comments that this is not 16 years old engaging yeah. with this content. Like this is legit, you know, 30 years old, 40 years old yeah, exactly. engaging with this content. So I think it's yeah. it's always just a matter of like having a point of view, having an expertise, communicating in, it in places where people uh, spend time. Yeah. We found more success right now with YouTube shorts. Okay. Right, because there's like TikTok and then when TikTok came around, like all the others started copying started, it and then yeah. Instagram Reels came out and now there's yeah. YouTube Shorts, which is the same thing just for YouTube. Yeah. We've actually found like, because we're right now posting the same shorts, the same videos on TikTok, on YouTube Shorts and on Instagram Reels. Mm -hmm. And the YouTube stuff is actually showing some good signals. I mean, obviously we've only been doing it two, for two weeks, so there's no conclusion yet, but sure. um, we've been posting content on youtube for two years never super actively or super like with a lot of attention because we focused on linkedin um, but we always posted all of our videos up there just to have it to slowly build some seo and in the last mm. 10 days when we started doing the youtube shorts we grew by 10 subscribers mm. and that's crazy considering that in the two and a half years before that of posting we had 30 subscribers Right. right. So in two and a half years, we built 30 subscribers. And now in the last 10 days, we added 10 new subscribers. And there's actual engagement on these videos. Like real people are giving pushback and saying, no, I don't agree with this. Here's what I think about that. And that's great signals. But I yes. think this is just people shouldn't get distracted. So focus on LinkedIn. Once you have extra resources, you should experiment with these other things, oh, whether it's TikTok, YouTube Shorts, Twitter, you know, ads for youtube all of these things but um nothing it, needs right now. I, 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 a question came to you whilst, whilst, whilst you're explaining this and especially when you mentioned you've got 10 more subscribers you, you've gained 10 subscribers in two weeks on youtube mm -hmm. shorts whereas in the, in the in the in the previous couple of years you, you gained 30 i think total do you think that this is because um youtube of, of course youtube is promoting its shorts it's, it's yeah. giving much more organic reach but do you think yeah. that the engagement is because people are preferring short videos now or or because we live in a time where there are long-form podcasts that are becoming more popular and right. shorter kind of videos becoming popular yeah is it the case that there's like a rule here that people are preferring shorter stuff that their attention span is reducing or is it more just the case that you know certain types of content 
fit a certain format better. And maybe if you're making a point about business, it's better in a one minute video than hidden inside a 30 minute video, you know? Um, I think, I think it's both. Okay. Right. Like clearly people want both. I mean, at the same time that TikTok kind of grew with these 15 second videos, Mm -hmm. there's like people like Joe Rogan doing like four hour podcasts continuously Mm -hmm. and getting tens of millions of views. Right. So like Mm -hmm. clearly there's demand for both. Um, I think as an individual consumer, I mean, I know that there's times where I want to just deeply engage with like a guest or topic and I want to, you know, spend two hours watching something. And then there's times where I'm just like super tired and I'm bored or I'm like sitting on the tram and like, I have like 20 minutes until I like arrive. So I'm not going to start a two hour video. I'm just going to scroll a little bit on TikTok or YouTube shorts or something like that. That's just more bite-sized. So I think both matters. I think as a B2B company, again, like you want customer attention. You need two things, right? You need to generate attention. You need customers to even be aware that you exist because otherwise they can never do business with you. And then mm-hmm. two, you need to build trust and credibility with them because otherwise they're not going to spend hundreds of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars on your product or service, right? And you service this with two different things, right? Like the short ones are great for awareness because you can create a high volume of them. Mm-hmm. And it's very easy for someone to consume it. Mm-hmm. And it's it incentivizes you to create something that's a little bit more grabby and um, and a little bit more catchy and a little bit more, you know, the quick takeaway in 30 seconds, which is great, but it's mm-hmm. for generating attention. But someone watching this, just these 30 second clips of you will never build enough trust in you for them to spend $50,000 on you. So you then also need the long form stuff where you really go in depth and you show like a step by step by step breakdown of like super nuanced and detailed stuff Mm -hmm. so that people can, once they've become aware of you, can validate, okay, they actually understand like the depth of this and deep subject matter expertise and all of this. So I think you want both. Um, Makes sense. And, uh, you know, it's just supply and demand, right? Like YouTube shorts, it's just... There's not a lot of people creating for it right now. It's a separate feed. There's people scrolling. So if you create something on YouTube Shorts right now, the chances that they will distribute it to viewers because there's just not enough supply for the demand that there is, Mm -hmm. that you get some organic reach is just higher than if you post a regular YouTube video where there's already tons of people creating YouTube videos every day, uh, way, way more than there's people creating YouTube Shorts, right? And so- Mm -hmm. um, Makes sense makes sense and and yeah i mean it's, 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 it's always the case with these social platforms when they release when they release a new feature there's not many people producing for it they want to encourage exactly. it and so then they just give exactly. you that extra reach and organic reach i so, don't think yeah. it's they give it to you it's not the algorithm it's just literally supply and demand oh, okay okay you don't think that they um promote it particularly it's just literally because they promote the yeah. feature so what they do that okay. within the app they try to get people to start watching YouTube shorts or to click on reels to start watching reels. So they'll do that so that there's demand. And so they like build the interface in a way or they send you a notification saying like, here's a new Instagram reel that you might've not seen yet. Right. And then you click on it. So they promote the feature to you, which creates the demand 
But then because not a lot of people have adapted yet and creating content for that, it's just all of that demand. You can still capture it. You still capture it. Okay, I see. Oh, so yeah, that, that also makes sense. So basically- I need to start wrapping it up because I have another call coming up. Okay. Uh, but... Fair enough. Well, in that case, I think I want to ask you a quick question. Yeah. And 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 then and then and then we'll close the podcast. Quick question is: Have you ever thought about SEO and 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 promoting things through SEO? Um, you know, it's a question like a like in 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 the yeah, comment yeah, yeah. box, no, <laughs> the connection. I like it. Um, I I it's actually only this year that I kind of got a little bit into SEO. Because yeah. before that, it just didn't matter for us, really. Um, okay. We grew completely organic through my own LinkedIn content. Um, and we ne never really had to care about SEO. Mm -hmm. um, I started running into this kind of organically because we, we always added all of our content to our website. So we have like a website resources page, kind of like yeah. a blog, right? But with videos where we embed all of our YouTube videos and then the text copy of that video. And we have all these sub pages. It was never there for SEO purposes. We added it there to build authority, right? Because we wanted that when someone comes to our website and they click on resources, mm -hmm. they can see that, oh, wow, these guys have 150 videos mm -hmm. all talking about B2B marketing and founder branding and LinkedIn and all these things, right? Um, right. And then this year, I started realizing that we actually started to slowly get some organic traffic through Google, very little. Yes. I mean, most of our traffic is still organic coming through LinkedIn and this content that we're producing. But I started realizing that just by adding all of this content in here mm -hmm. without like thinking about SEO optimization and keywords and this and that and link building and all this stuff, yeah, we started getting picked up for certain key terms that we just naturally talk a lot about. Like yeah. We started ranking for the seven hour rule. We started ranking for when people look for LinkedIn hooks um, yeah. we started ranking for when people started looking for how to write a LinkedIn post, mm -hmm. just because we have so many videos about that just naturally, because these are the topics that our customers and prospects care about. Same for YouTube. We started mm -hmm. getting organic reach on our YouTube channel for the same topics, basically, but on Google search where people enter this into Google search. So to me, um, I think SEO is interesting. We're actually using SEO to discover some topics where we see some like queries that people put in there where kind of our website starts showing up, but people don't go there because we're on the seventh page or something like that. And then we create videos around that. Not so much with the goal of like, oh, we want to get to page one, but mm. just with, if someone Googles this, mm. they care about the answer to this. So we should answer this. Yeah, um, right. That's, that's the principle. It actually yeah. translates into organic yeah. content because turns out it's the same people right <laughs> yeah um, it is. i think it is. i think seo is really interesting i think google seo is is going down because i think more and more people there's more places to search now like i noticed myself recently for the very first time ever to mm. search for something in spotify no, it wasn't yeah. a topic that I cared about. I wanted yeah. to see what people talked about when it comes to adjusting your marketing during a recession. And the first place that I went to was YouTube because that's the search engine that I mostly use. Um, and I put in, you know, marketing during a recession. And I wanted to find some videos, but I didn't, I found like two good ones, but they were all like 10 minutes long. And I was like, no, I wanted someone to really dive deeply into it, like break it down into like something really 
And so for the very first time, I went to Spotify, Spotify. to the podcast section and I put in marketing during the recession. It's incredible. And I found yeah. a podcast that talked about it. Wow. And so I think SEO will always stay, but I think companies need to start thinking about there is not just Google anymore where people search for mm. stuff. There's Google and there's YouTube, which belongs to Google, but then there's also Spotify. People Amazon. search things on LinkedIn, right? Like they yeah. look for business coach, like, and you know, when I, when I hired a lawyer for my mm -hmm. visa process, I didn't go to Google and Googled, you know, immigration lawyer in Berlin. I created a LinkedIn post saying, Hey, I'm going through my visa process. I'm looking mm -hmm. for a lawyer. I'm in Berlin, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. Has anyone worked with one before? And I got two referrals and I checked both of them out, went directly to the website. And with one of them, I had a consultation, right? So People are still searching, mm. but they're just doing it in many, many different ways. So I think the smart way is to think about Google, uh, to think about SEO in a broader perspective than just Google. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, no, I, 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 I certainly agree. Um, there's, um, yeah, I, I know you've got to hop off the call <laughs> at some point because you, you said that you got another one. But uh, yeah, that's, that's fascinating. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you've got... Uh, you know, traffic coming through on your website and Google is still working for you. Um, yeah. And, and um, I mean, if you, yeah, glad to hear that. So, so if you ever, by the way, um, if you want a free analysis, because we can give that to you uh, and you want to know how to compete and find the most efficient ways for your website to do that, I'm yeah. happy to, to refer you to, to one of our guys and, and they'll sort that out cool. for you. Appreciate um, but uh, otherwise, Thank you so much, Finn, for, for explaining you, to us exactly how to position ourselves on LinkedIn. I think it was very, very clear, very, very um, strategic way of going about it and uh, inspirational, actually, because it's a shift away. It's more of a business mindset, less of a um, going viral mindset, kind totally. of performance art mindset. Totally. So, yeah. Thank you so much. And hopefully, thank you, man. Here, here, here for another call. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Ciao, ciao.